Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Iranian Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, July 27th, and this is episode number 159. My name is Justin Hewn. I'm your host, the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Another uh, very important day in the markets today. We had both the Cameco Q2 conference call this morning, as well as the FOMC and Jay Powell, uh, the Fed chair's presser, which um, really is what kind of moved the broad markets. But we were already having a very, very strong day in uranium following the Cameco conference call up until that presser. So I'm going to cover some of that in the mailbag section today. Uh, and the spot price is getting some support here as well. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the daily scoreboard? Spot price of uranium up to uh, up a dollar fifty from yesterday, forty eight fifty per pound. Very interesting action here. Typically, in the last few trading days of the month, we'll see downward pressure on the spot price of uranium. As I've mentioned uh, in multiple episodes in the past, that there are some traders that have offtake agreements with producers, where the forward month pricing for their offtake is priced on the month end closing price of the spot price of uranium. So. Sometimes these traders will will trickle some pounds into the market, uh, trying to influence that price down to increase their margins going forward for the for the forward month. But um, as the month closes out here, we're actually seeing some support uh, on the spot price of uranium. Um, and Sput is not in the market; they're not buying uranium here. They're still they're sitting on fifty what fifty four million dollars uh, in cash, but they've not been able to raise this entire month, not once. And they've only purchased one hundred thousand pounds, I believe, month to date. So. Very, very curious action in the spot price here. And uh, so, yeah, up a buck 50. That's uh, kind of noteworthy here. Now, we did see the spot vehicle trade up today with the rest of the market. I believe it was up uh, about 5% on the day. We'll look at the charts in just a moment. But the spot price was up about 3% on the day. So that closed that NAV down. Yesterday, the NAV closed at a negative 6.7% discount. And uh, today we probably closed that down to about five or 4% on the day. Intraday, we were probably down to two or 3% discounts now. So inching closer to trading at net asset value. And it's possible that we get closer and closer and closer prior to risk really coming back on into the markets. Um, and so in that, that could lead to a very explosive move in the spot price. I don't think it's going to take a lot of purchasing on behalf of SPUT or any other mo motivated buyers. Right. So it really, you know, any any of these funds can come in and buy uranium. Although at this point they have chosen to sell uranium that they had held. And when I say funds, I'm talking about hedge funds that had positioned in physical uranium prior to the existence of SPUT, who had sold to SPUT in exchange for trust units, mainly due to not having to actually hold physical uranium on their books, but also it's a very liquid vehicle. So why not? Much easier to sell your your units of SPUT on the market than it is to uh, sell your uranium. So uh, with all of that said, very, very strong moves here, um, all things considered. Uh, like I mentioned, they did not obviously raise any money um, or buy any, any uranium yesterday. Cash in the treasury, 54.7 million. So this vehicle, in my opinion, is setting up for a really, really explosive move. And we'll look at the charts in just a moment. ETFs reported no changes in outstanding shares. I thought that was quite curious. Um, I thought maybe we would see some uh, some issuance coming from the previous days. We'll see maybe in the next couple of days if that's the, uh, the case. We had pretty strong trading yesterday on a relative basis. 
up against a somewhat weak tape on the broad markets. And today, very, very strong moves across the sector. So on that note, why don't we take a look at the charts? Starting off with URA, an absolutely beautiful candle. It's been a very long time since we saw that kind of volume, that kind of up move, almost 7% on the day with a close near the highs of the day. I'm looking back here at previous big green candles where we closed at the highs on the day. It's been a couple of months since we've seen this type of move on increasing volume. Now, URA closed more strongly than a lot of other stocks in the sector. And part of the reason for that, in my opinion, is it's much more liquid options market. So anyone who really wants to play options in the uranium market that doesn't want a company specific risk, they go to URA because of the depth of the options market. So very, very strong day. Why don't we look at URA relative to the S&P? I'm sure this is going to be nice as well. Very, very, very strong candle here. And with the S&P up a lot, I, I think it was close to up almost 3% on the day with the market reacting in a very bullish manner to Powell's presser. Um, and, and basically, you know, his language, and I don't want to get too deeply into it, but, um, I think what the market really liked was him saying they're going to address, um, address the aggressiveness of the rate hikes going forward based on how the economy is doing. And that's all the market needed to hear rather than forecasting what the next hike is going to be. They're saying, we're going to see how things are go, how things go going forward. And the market really liked to hear that. It's a big day. We're back well above that trend line. Uh, and this trend is intact and it has been intact for the most part, with the exception of these, you know, big pullbacks. But as far as making higher lows, we made a higher low from last summer in terms of URA relative to the S&P. Let's look at URNM relative to the spot price of uranium. Also going to be a very, very nice day. But again, the spot price was up pretty big today, too. So this is the way resource bull market works, right? The, the individual miners, the equities tend to outperform the commodity. Um, in a healthy bull market for a commodity, that's what you're going to see. That's what we saw when the sector really took off. Um, and then we chopped sideways, what, from February of 21 till the autumn of last year in terms of this chart, but the equities still still had huge gains during that time period because the spot price was going up in unison with the equities. Now we're back into that early stages of a recovery for this market with the equities starting to drastically outperform the spot price, which is also moving up. So that's very good to see. Now, this steep rise back in December of 2020 was the equities really moving and on big volume and the spot price hadn't budged yet. So that's why this chart was so steep during that first period, that first few weeks of that rally. Very nice to see this uh, very strong chart here. Cameco and of course, the big story of today was their earnings. I'm going to talk about that in the mail leg section in just a moment. Big day for Cameco, up almost 9%, 8.74% on the day. Big volume, all in all, a very, very nice looking chart. And the market was up decently pre-market as Cameco released their earnings a bit early before they even got on the conference call. So the market was up in the pre-market and it stayed strong throughout the day. It didn't quite close at the highs on the day, but not much of a pullback. The dips did get bought and it stayed flat in that last hour or so of trading. So very, very good to see. Cameco have a strong day. Lastly, let's look at the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust. Like I said, this chart is really setting up for a very, very strong move. And I didn't realize it was actually up more than I thought it was. 6.25% on the day. So with the spot price up about 3%, we should be sitting right around a 4% discount to NAV here. 
and we're inching closer and closer and closer. Volume ticking up, still not breakout volume. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm happy to see the discount close before that volume comes in. And maybe that's what we're going to need to see this whole, this last three weeks very well could have been an accumulation of this trust, uh, ideally, and probably by institutional investors. This is an institutional favorite. So, uh, savvy investors that had some cash to deploy, um, they, pr they prefer spot as their go-to vehicle due to the liquidity and, due to the ability to expose themselves to this commodity without having to take on individual minor risk. And that is something that large institutions, money managers, hedge funds will often prefer to do in terms of a commodity bull market. You can make the case for a bullish, uh, a bullish outcome over the coming years for the commodity. And rather than taking on risk of a company, which is going to have jurisdiction risk, it's going to have managerial risk, et cetera, et cetera, you can just get exposure to the commodity. And if you can gain exposure to that commodity at 10, 15% discount to NAV, as they've been able to over the past few weeks, why the hell not? Beautiful move today. Would have liked to have seen more volume, but in my opinion, as that gap closes, that discount to NAV gap closes, we are likely to see that volume come in. All right, so mailbag section today, I'm obviously gonna talk about the conference call briefly. Um, if you are a member, to Uranium Insider Pro, you should have received a bulletin with a wrap-up of the conference call, and I'm not going to go in as much detail today in the market minute. Um, so check your email if you are a member. We did go over some important takeaways from that. And one of the most important takeaways was uh, I actually asked a question in the Q&A at the very end of the Q&A on today's call, and I wanted to know two things. One, what has uh, is Cameco yet looking to expand Port Hope? So Cameco has the only conversion facility in all of North America. Um, as we know, the conversion market is relatively tight. In my opinion, the uh, the tea leaves that I was reading from Cameco's management speaking about conversion capacity in the West, they seemed uh, not to be concerned. And that's very interesting because that was uh, the same takeaway from uh, Mr. Perjander that we spoke with last week in our members only webinar. Um, so I wanted to highlight that and a, a number of points that were reiterated in this conference call, we went very deeply into in that last uh, in that last members webinar. So that was last week. Replay is still up on the website for members or for new members. You can access that. It's right at the top of the members section. And I strongly recommend that because you will have a deep and thorough understanding of what the heck is exactly going on in the fuel cycle market. So the second question I ask uh, to the chemical management. And this was, um, these were both answered by Tim Gitzel, uh, the CFO. <clears throat> so the second question I asked had to do with, um, enrichment and the fact that we're already seeing, uh, certain Western enrichers adjust their tails assays higher. Okay. So that's a really important point. This point is essentially that this is not a theoretical exercise. We're not talking about, Oh, in the future, we're going to have to overfeed. We're going to have to raise tails assays to create synthetic capacity for enrichment, but until it's built out, which is going to take a while, um, that's happening now. It's literally already happening. This is not a theory. Um, it's happening now. So we have enrichers raising tails assays. And um, his answer, I strongly suggest that you go back and listen to a replay of that conference call, or at least a transcript. Oftentimes you'll find a transcript released by Cameco or put up on Seeking Alpha. Um, but basically... Uh, Mr. Isaac's point was that he was clear that he thought that the market was not adequately focused on this element of increased annual demand uh, coming from overfeeding, coming from higher tails assays. 
And uh, that really was kind of the, the finest point of the whole call was to just reiterate the situation that's, that's being set up for. And they, they did sign another 5 million pounds in long-term contracts, which is not a whole lot, but they are still the bulk of the long-term contract and more than half of the long-term contracting year to date of the total pounds signed in the long-term contracts. And so going forward, they're in a very good position. Um, you could hear, you know, Tim Gitzel is always very, uh, poised and kind of emotionally flat. Um, he came out swinging. He, uh, he came out immediately with kind of a, a critique of one of the main nuclear fuel consultants and definitely worth reading or re-listening to that. Uh, but uh, Grant Isaac, you could, he couldn't sit still in his chair. Uh, he, he was so bullish in his tone and in his emotional vibe, let's call it. You can, you can hear it in his voice. You can hear it in what he was saying. Um, these guys know what's coming and it's very, very exciting to be in this position with this market, understanding the fuel cycle, understanding what is coming going forward in the, in, in the autumn into Q3, later Q3 into Q4 of this year. I think we're going to see some very, very strong moves in the fuel cycle. And I believe that uh, we'll see the same for the equities. Perhaps today was the start of that. Obviously, we'd like to see some follow through. We'd like to see volumes not necessarily drop off. Um, I prefer to see consolidation, at least not giving up the gains of today. Today definitely did have a different feel to it. I like that we closed near the highs of the day. The volumes were up. The broad market was bullish. Uh, so we'll have to see how the week closes out, but I'm definitely hopeful. And um, either way, you know, whether or not this move reverses and we come back down, or this is the beginning of the next leg up, what's coming in the fuel cycle is coming in the fuel cycle. Um, I don't really care what J-PAL says doesn't really matter uh, how bullish the guys from Cameco are on the conference call. What's happening in the fuel cycle is not reversing here, okay? So we have the bifurcated market now. That's a fact. That is happening. The enrichers are overfeeding and they're raising tails assays. That's happening. What happens after that? Utilities secure their conversion and enrichment. They uh, have a, a, a clear understanding of conversion and enrichment capacity out to the time period for which they're uncovered. Then they get their uranium. And that's what's coming. So that's what's so exciting about this market. And honestly, the risk off for the past couple of months has been difficult. It's been volatile, but it's been an absolute gift to anyone who believes in the thesis, who understands the fundamentals and is bullish going forward. If you have a one, two, three year time horizon and the market gives you a pullback, then take it. You know, That's really what where we've been at for the past few weeks, past few months, really. Um, so hopefully you all had a good day. Nice to see some strong green on the screen. There's a very, very big up day for the entire portfolio. So we're very pleased to see that. And again, just want to reiterate, I really suggest if you haven't yet and you are a member, go back and listen to the interview that we did last week with Perjander. Um, you really have to understand this stuff to, vol to, to weather the volatility in this market. And if you aren't a member, you can access that immediately, even with a quarterly subscription. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes below. I wanted to highlight one uh, tweet thread actually that came from, uh, from my friend Cuppy, from Harris Kupperman. I'm going to link that in the in the show notes in the description as well. And he is discussing how um, hedge funds have booked um, losses for the first half of the year and uh, redemptions for the second half of the year have to be um, have to be stated by their by their LPs by November. And so these funds have a very limited amount of time to show positive returns. And it's his theory. These funds are going to be putting risk back on. And of course, um, you know, everybody talks their book, but he thinks that it's going to go after value rather than kind of what he calls Ponzi or just, uh, you know, growth tech type of assets and stocks. Um, 
I tend to believe him. Energy is what's working. Value is what's working. Um, so going forward, that's what we're bullish on. And I'm going to highlight that tweet thread. I strongly recommend you read that and follow him on Twitter too. He's uh, kind of a classic character and very smart. Um, also bullish on uranium, which uh, which helps. All right. Hope everybody's doing well. I will see you again tomorrow. Take care. Cheers.